Welcome to Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness Church. Thank you for connecting with us. Our desire at MOF PHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that He will transform your life. Thanks again for connecting with us. Please contact us if we can help you discover God's purpose for your life. Enjoy the message. house of the Lord today. Thankful for what can happen online, but I'm glad to be in the house of the Lord with God's people. Well, it's no news to you how strange 2020 has been. I mean, we started this year off, you know, 2020. It reminds us of vision, and I believe Pastor Jeff even had a series called Focus, and some others did, pulling on the idea of 2020. And then all of a sudden, things just changed back in March, and it's been a crazy year. Um, you could describe it in your own unique way, I'm sure, but I read behind a radio personality who actually conducted a Facebook survey. It was Facebook, so we know it was official, right? And he asked the question, he said, using a movie title... How would you describe this year? And some are not as familiar with movies as others, but these were some of the titles. There was a whole lot of them. I'm not mention all of them, but just some that struck me as uh, really uh, special. One said, unforgettable, was one that came up describing 2020 as one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Somebody said, reminds me of 8 million ways to die. I was like, I don't know about that. Uh, hope not. Uh, the perfect storm was another. A train wreck. Train wreck. Apocalypse now. Armageddon. The twilight zone was how another one, uh, another title that was used. A walk to remember. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Dumb and Dumber was also a title that was used. It's indeed been a strange time. Don't have to tell you that for all of us. But I also know beyond that, some of you are dealing with experiences unique to your world. You've had particular situations on top of what you have had to deal with that, like the rest of us have. And in light of the circumstances that we've been going through in this year, I've been talking to the Lord in recent weeks about a fresh word. God, what do you want to tell me out of this? And what do you want to give me to be able to share with others that I influence in my world of relationships and leadership? And several times, I don't know how many times, but God just kept taking me back to John chapter 11. And today, I want to pull from that story in John chapter 11. It's a powerful story. I'm going to read to you in just a moment, verses 20 through 27, and I'm going to cover more of the chapter than just those verses. But the Lord just kept taking me back to a graveyard. He kept taking me back to a hurting family. 
He kept taking me back to, to a group of people, to the characters of that story who were facing an uncertain time. And the way it, it just got in me that, especially in the text that I'm about to read to you, that it was a setting where the people in this story are locked in a painful present. And as you're going to hear from this sister, this woman involved by the name of Martha, they're comparing that to what was, she is it at least, and to what will be. But Jesus is trying to pull her in to some things that she needs to hear about the painful present that she's in. This family, they were not only followers of Christ, but they're very close friends to him as well. Jesus has spent a lot of time with them. He'd been in their home. And earlier in the chapter, in chapter 11, you can read about he, how word is sent to him because he's so connected to this family that Lazarus, your friend, is about to die. But he delays his coming. And while he does that, Lazarus dies. And he's been dead four days. And when we get to verse 20, he encounters that grieving sister called Martha. And that's where I'm going to begin reading this morning. Well, the word says, now Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary, that's her sister, her, uh, uh, her, uh, Lazarus' other sister, was sitting in the house. And Martha says to Jesus, notice what she said. She takes a look at the past she says, Lord, if you had been here, that's past tense, my brother would not have died. And to her credit, verse 22, she says, but even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. But she didn't grasp all that Christ could do because notice what she said to him in verse 24. You're right, Lord, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. She turns from here, her turns out there, looking beyond in the future. But Jesus brings her back. Listen to me, church. He brings her back when he declares, I am. Somebody say, I am. I am. That's present tense. <laughs> I am the resurrection and the life. And he who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Martha, Doug, Miss Ann, Pastor Kevin, do you believe this? Do you believe this? I love her answer. I, you know, it, we, we just got to, God knows everything we're dealing with anyway. And she's so authentic. I don't know so much about that, Lord, but I do know that you're the Christ. You're the son of God who's coming through the world. I, my faith can reach out to that part at least. And Martha's comments in this dialogue with the Lord just resonate with me. And I think parallel what we're going through in general and what some of you are going through in particular. 
Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. In other words, Martha, she knows about what Jesus had done. She knows he had done many miracles. He had delivered people from bondage. He had even fed people miraculously. I know what you've done, but you've never dealt with anybody that's been dead for four days and buried away and locked away in the tomb. Her look is to the past. And one reason that this resonates with me is because like so many of you, I mean, it hadn't been that long ago. It was just earlier in the year. Things were going in a lot different world. I... We were in, in my world of leadership. We had put some goals together and we were making strategies to fulfill those goals. And, and, and all of a sudden that was laid to the side and, and church is different now, isn't it? The way we do it is. And I mean, I, I know we've got to follow all the precautions and I'm not here to, to uh, land blast all of that. But I do miss how church used to be. I, I miss the, the closeness. I mean, I've come in today. I don't know whether to shake a hand, hug a neck. I see familiar faces. I, you just don't know how to deal with people anymore right now. And we're having to do the social distancing and the sanitizing and all of that. But there's some things about the way it was just a few months ago. Roaring economy. You know, look, things were looking pretty good in our nation. I mean, if we had any racial strife, and I'm sure I know that's been a, something that's plagued our culture. I'm not minimizing that, but it's all come to a heated outburst now. We're going through some strange times in this year, 2020, even here in the United States of America. And I do miss, I do miss, I'll be honest with you, I do miss like it was and notice the other direction that I pointed out to you as well. When Jesus says to Martha, your brother will rise again, I know he will, Lord. There's coming a resurrection day. Do you believe that? There is. Do you believe what the word says, that the dead in Christ are going to rise again and then those who are looking for his coming, he's going to catch them away and we're going to forever be with the Lord? How many of you are looking forward to the coming of Christ? You're ready to meet him. I trust that you are. And as things have disintegrated and gotten so much worse in our culture, I'll be honest with you, I'm longing more for heaven than I ever have before. The worse things get down here, the more desirous I am of to be up there with him. And we, we should be longing for his coming. In fact, it could be that some things that we are dealing with in our day are actually signs of prophetic significance that are reminding us of the imminent return of Christ. And Jesus said, when all that's going on, you need to look up for your redemption is drawing near. So thank God for what was what how things were. And we long for that. And certainly thank God for how things will be. But I do believe there's a word from the Lord. I know He's talking to me like this, and I know He has mo motivated me, moved me and to say some things in this setting today. And that is you got to focus on the now. We're locked in between a past that we long for and a future that we long for. 
But Jesus says to Martha what he says to us today, and we hear the word of the Lord, and that is, he is the I am. He is a present tense God. Jesus is saying about himself that the way he works and what he can do, it is not confined to a past back there. It's not confined to pre-2020. It's not confined to pre-coronavirus. And neither has it been put on hold for that until that glorious future that we're all going to enjoy if we're following Christ when the saints of God will be gathered with him in heaven forever. No, Jesus is saying right now in this current time, in this painful present that you and I are dealing with, I hear the words of our Lord, I am the I am for whatever you need. And we focus on him as the great I am. There's a, there's a song where we, the choir and those sung it, maybe it's a worship song as well. And so the question is not, Lord, why can't it be like it was? Or Lord, why won't you just come get us out of all of this? But the question that I hear the Lord resounding in my spirit that he wanted me to share with you is this question, and that is why not now? Why not now? Why not now? He's not limited to what he did back then. He's not putting it on hold until the future. He is a now on time I am God who is able to work in the whatevers you're dealing with in your life. And when I see the fullness of this story and read the entirety of it, and we'll address a little bit more of it before we close. This is the worst that this family's ever been through. This is the, the, the most uncertain time that they've been through. They don't understand what God's up to. Why did he put off, he's our friend. Why did he put off four days coming in that painful present that they did not want to be in? It was there that Jesus did his greatest miracle. Are you hearing me today? So why not now, my friend? Why not now for your need to be met? Why not now for that miracle to take place? Why not now for your ministry to bear fruit? Why not now for your loved ones to be saved that you've been praying for? Why not now for a revival to break out in this nation and in our conference and in this church and in this community? Why not now for signs and wonders to happen? We've been promised that. Why not now? Why not now when I look at this story? And see what, I, what he did in the midst of this painful present that he's dealing with on this family. I say, why not now as well in our story? Amen. Martha says, I know, I know, Lord, I know what, that if you ask of God that he will give to you what you need, what you ask of him. I know that. And that word know in that verse, I believe it's verse 22, that word know, it's, it has to do with intellectual uh, awareness. 
I know what you can do. And we know what God can do, right? (laughs) But Jesus is moving her. He's got to get her to a place where she can believe. That's the question, do you believe? It's got to be more than just an intellectual awareness. But do you believe that it can be now? Why not now? And I ask that question for three reasons that I pull from this story today. Why not now can why not now be the time and place and setting where the Lord can work? Since we can still, number one, since we can still sense Christ's presence. Why not now when we can still sense Christ's presence? Friend, the Lord makes his, it's, he makes it his priority to be with hurting people. And that's based on many things in the scriptures, but certainly what we see in this story. You go back in the first part of the chapter, even though Jesus is not there with Lazarus, his mind is upon him. He's concerned about him and he makes it his objective that he's going to go and minister to that family and to deal with that situation. And he does so in spite of the obstacles that stand in the way of him doing so. You back up to the previous chapter in John chapter 10 and you'll read about an account where the Lord had that he had with some Jews who were ready to stone him because of him claiming himself to be one with the Father. They accuse him of blasphemy. They're ready to stone him. They try to arrest him, but he escapes from them because it was not yet time for all of that. And so he is now in first part of chapter 11, he is now making plans to go back to Bethany, which is only two miles from Jerusalem, And his disciples remind them, Lord, they tried to kill you then. You don't want to go back to Bethany. He says, well, guys, we're going. You know why? Because he wants to be with hurting people. And it's Thomas who says, well, let's just all go. Let's just all die as we go with him. In spite of the threat, in spite of of the risk involved. In spite of the impending danger that was going to come against Christ, he says, I'm going to go to that area so I can be with this hurting family. You know, that stirred in me, reminded me of what he would do just a little time beyond this setting. There was another threat. There was another danger. There was another risk, if you will, that Jesus willingly faced. It was the ultimate threat that he faced. I'm talking about the threat and the danger and the the wrath and the pain of the cross that he endured. And you know why he did that? Yes, he did it to save me from an everlasting hell and we'll forever be grateful for that. But there's so much more to the cross, including that it was through the cross that he reconciled, somebody said, is as if that he 
took the hand of an offended God and at the same time reached down and took the hand of sinful man and through the cross he bridged the two together. You see, the cross is the price that was paid so that we could sense and experience the presence of God. And since then he has sent his Holy Spirit and he is with us, amen. He's Emmanuel, God with us. I mean, I've talked to him today like I do every day. I was walking the path. I've got a prayer path. You have a prayer path. I do have a prayer closet in my house, but I thank God I, I don't pay a dime's worth of rent on it, but it's a path positioned right now between a cornfield and nobody can see me because I get down those in between those corn rows and I can act, I can, I can act like a... Uh, like a Pentecostal on that path and nobody even know I'm down there. And I, Jesus was with me this morning as I was going through this message and praying for you folks. And I've talked to him and I've communed with him and I've sensed his presence. In fact, I believe he's with me right now. He didn't walk out on 2020. When that virus showed up, he didn't walk out. And we've had the social distance, but I'm telling you, there's no spiritual or social distancing in serving Christ. He's closer than that. He sticks closer than that brother to us through the help of his spirit. We can still sense his presence. Lean on him, trust in him, rest in him. Why not now when you can still experience his presence? Why not now when you can still access his provision? He shows up to not just be with them, but to work on their behalf and provide for what they need. In that setting, he calls himself the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. And why does he call himself that? Certainly because it's true. But you think about the setting. They're dealing with death. They're dealing with darkness. They're dealing with sorrow. And Jesus is just telling that family and telling Martha and the rest of them there, I am what's needed in this setting. What do we need in 2020? We need Jesus more than we ever have before. What do I need for the, uh, in, in, in the experiences I'm going through? We need him. He is your provision. For your sickness, I am healer. Hear him. For your sorrow, I am your comforter. For your lack, I am your provider. For your world that's broken all apart, I am your restorer that can put broken things back together again. For you not knowing what else to do, I hear the Lord saying, I am a door opener. I am your guide. I am your wisdom. For you that are struggling with fear, I hear him say, I am your courage. I am your helper. Oh, what are you facing today, my friend? The good news is the great I am is all that you need or whatever you're dealing with. I am, I am, I am. Hear him say that. I heard Dr. Henry Cloud recently 
who is, he, he operates in the realm of counselor and consultant, Christian man. He's just got a lot of wisdom when it comes to how to deal with the hurts of life and to deal with uh, uh, people and relationships. How many of you know it's good to have somebody that can speak to those things? He mentioned a strategy when I heard him recently about taking whatever we face and that we, one of the things to help us get through things is to put it in what he described the larger narrative. The larger narrative. Are you with me? Put whatever you're facing in the larger narrative. Now, what he was applying that to uh, initially has to do with your life, with everything that you deal with. Um, I've dealt with a lot in the 61 years that I've been on this planet. And 2020 is just one year out of that. And the Lord just keeps reminding me, I'm going to help you through 2020. I got you through a lot. Even worse stuff, some, some of what I've been through. And I thought about the church. The church has been around for over 2,000 years, and man, we've survived a lot. Let me tell you something. We've had to shut buildings down and shut different activities down, but the church is not shut down. God is still up to something. And the bigger strategy is to remember that, and then let me go to your world. The larger narrative, I should say, is to remember that. When I talk about the larger narrative, not only how it applies to your life, but I thought about we who are following Christ. There's a larger narrative. <laughs> it's called the kingdom of God. The larger narrative of his power. The larger narrative of his authority. The larger narrative of his truth. The larger narrative of his love and his majesty and his strength, put your need, your situation. Uh, Jesus is standing there before Martha, declaring himself as the larger narrative. I am so much greater than what you're dealing with here. And out of this story, he's telling us that about whatever you're addressing, whatever you're processing through as well. So, why not now? Why not now? Now to be the best time ever because of the access we have to his provision. And why not now? I'll mention one more thing. You know, I watched Pastor Jeff um, last week. I, I don't know if I mentioned this. I had to self-quarantine because I was exposed to the virus and uh, had to wait on my test results. Had to cancel the service last week and couldn't go to church the Sunday before. so, And I've watched Mount Olive a lot, believe you me, through the different online things. And so I timed Pastor Jeff, and I believe I counted about an hour and a half or so that he preached. Did, did he preach that long? You, you people, they don't know me, do they? This is a whole new audience here. No, he preached about 40 minutes, and I've tried to lock it into that. One more point. We can still, number three, we can still accomplish Christ's purpose. Greatest miracle that Jesus did before his resurrection is right here in John 11. 
And the excitement breaks out. In fact, it was the precursor to his coming into Jerusalem on that triumphant entry. The people said, this has got to be the Messiah, man. He, he brought Lazarus out of that grave, been dead for four days. And the crowd stirs, greatest miracle, greatest miracle. Man, what a miracle. Come forth, four days, come forth. You've been dead four days, Lazarus, come forth. Let, here's, here's where I'm going with it, however, and I didn't read the text there, the scriptures there, so you can go back and read it later. Jesus did the miracle, but he involved others as a part of it. I need some folks, some of you to go roll that stone away. Jesus didn't roll the stone away. He sent another, he sent a team to do that. I need some of you to go and tear those grave cloths off, off of that Lazarus, my friend. Jesus didn't do that. You know what's the highest privilege that we have as followers of Christ? To be involved in the supernatural work that he's doing. And he's still doing supernatural things. I got an email just a few weeks ago from India, and our, I won't mention his name, but our bishop in India, IPHC bishop there. And in that email, and I won't take the time to read it, I've got it right here, but in that email, he says, in the midst of all of this, we're seeing more people come to Christ. This, this guy's planting churches. He's got a goal of planting 1,000 churches in North India, and he's already got several hundred that's been planted. He said, we're seeing more people come to Jesus, and we're planting more house churches than we ever have during this pandemic <laughs> because the church is not on hold the purpose and the mission of Christ is still ongoing. In fact, I, got a, I talked to one of our uh, older pastors. You know, we've been trying to stay in touch with our pastors and encourage them and see what's happening. And this brother told me just a few days ago about how they're doing some new things online and making different contacts. And he's following up with phone calls. He says, Brother Doug, he said, I, I, just the other day I led two people to the Lord just making a phone call. Because the purpose and the mission of Christ is still ongoing. And so I'm just declaring over this church and over you as an individual to just be involved in the way and in the purpose that the Lord would have you to be. Got some questions to this church. And to you that have any interest and concern in what's happening here, what places, what places is the Lord calling you to go? Those, that team that Christ used, they had to go to a hard place. They had to go to a place you'd rather not go to. Who wants to deal with dead people? What people does, does the Lord want you to, to reach that you're not yet reaching? What connections need to be made? What teams need to be formed? You see, if this thing is, has, if there's anything that this pandemic has done, it's caused us to evaluate what genuine ministry really is and to make sure that we're doing as we ought to, to accomplish the purpose of Christ and I was thinking about this church here this Mount Olive PH first PH church 
And many years ago, we sensed that the Lord wanted us to take a lot of funds and invest in building this building, not just to build a building, but to accommodate what he was doing. And God is now calling you. Listen to me. I've got, I'm speaking a word to you. God is now calling you to evaluate what investment yet needs to be made. I, I'm, I'm telling you, this is a special ministry here for a lot of reasons. And there's more people who need to see what's happening in this ministry and whatever it takes to upgrade the online capacity of it. I believe the Lord told me to tell you, you need to work with that. You need to be willing to do that. Whatever arrangements you got to do back here, whatever you got to do by way of equipment and lighting and hiring a staff, you need to jump on board with that because that's the next phase that he's taking this ministry to. Why? Because there's people still in the tomb who are in the darkness of sin, who are dead in their trespasses and sin. There's people who are still bound by things and they need to be set free. And the Lord is putting together a ministry here so he can use it to touch people that you've never touched before. You know, they used to tell us when we were praying and working about building this building that you got to do things, you got to plan ministry in such a way for people who are not yet a part of the work. And so it is today. I say to this church this morning, so why not now? Because Christ is still at work. There's a mission to accomplish. His presence is still what we can experience and these resources, this provision is still available to us. And, and it's not just based on this story in John 11 that I say that, but it's based on a greater story that would happen just a few days from this time when Jesus himself would be buried in the tomb <laughs> and he would rise again on the third day victorious over death, hell, and the grave and the work that he did in that setting, in that tomb, on that day is for us not only to be saved but to also regularly experience his power in our lives and to help others to do the same as well. Been a crazy year. How would you describe it? Regardless of that, now, 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 in this crazy now, the Lord is telling us there's still the possibility of him doing the greatest works in us and through us for his glory. So, Father, we come to you with a thanksgiving in our heart, thanking you, Lord, for your word and how it speaks to us Thank you, your Lord, for the Holy Spirit and his help to speak the word. Thank you, Father, for, for these that, that I've had the privilege of speaking to, and whether in this campus, on this campus, or through uh, the online service. And I'm praying, God, that you would just take and seal that word into hearts and minds wherever it needs to rest. We pray, Father, that there would be an accepting of the greatness of who you are. Help us to put our needs into the 
larger narrative <laughs> and to hear your voice and to understand the, the reality of what you can do in the hearts and lives of people who will, like Martha, go from a knowledge to a faith. Have your way in this house, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let the Lord speak to you. And I'm going to try to communicate to you how it got in me for this part of the service as we bring it to a close. Whatever you're in this morning, the Lord can bring you out. If he could bring a man out of a tomb after being dead for four days, he can bring you out. What brought that one out was the word of the Lord declaring, come forth, come forth, come forth. And it's that phrase that is stirred in me for this part of the service to give you an opportunity to respond to how God has worked. I want you to sense his presence right now. I want your faith to increase for his provision. I want you to know that he's got a purpose he wants to accomplish in this service today. And friend, it includes you. If you'll just respond to him. Come forth, he said to Lazarus. Come forth, come forth, come forth. Come forth and hear the words of Christ in your situation. Come forth, come forth out of that hurt and confusion and pain and brokenness and sickness and need. Come forth, come forth, come forth. If you're hearing the Lord speak to you in that way and you're just you're just, you would just take this one act of faith. I'm not sure how we're, I know we're doing some praying around the altar, but here's what I'm asking you to do. If there is an issue in your life and you need God to help you come forth out of that, I just want you to stand right where you are. Come forth, come forth, come forth out of that painful present. Come forth, hear the word of the Lord. Amen. Come forth, come forth, come forth out of the darkness. Come forth out of the confusion. Come forth out of your sin. Anybody lost today, we'd love for you to come forth and be saved. Come forth out of your weariness. Come forth out of, listen, I don't know why I sense this. The devil's a liar. You are not what the devil says you are. You are not what your past says you are. You're not what others say you are. You are a creature of God, a beautiful creation of Him. And in this present hour, why not now? Why not now? <laughs> listen, listen. Jesus is calling you to come forth. Come forth, come forth. Let's all stand together. Father, We believe you to work. We believe you to work. We believe you to work. Oh, God, help the people to receive. Help the people to receive their healing. 
these that stood up by, the, by an act of faith when nobody else would, I pray supernatural favor and blessing upon them. You know what they're dealing with. But Father, may that act of faith, may that act of faith be the response that is needed to release your supernatural help into their place of need. In the name of Jesus, I hear you saying, I am your guide. I am your companion. I am the one that embraces and loves you and strengthens you. I am your healer. I am your provider. I am your peace. I am your future. You don't have to worry. I am your guide. I'm already up ahead of you. I am what you need me to be. Receive that, my friend. Receive that, my friend. And Lord, blessings, I pray. Along with the singers earlier, I just say, bless your people. Bless your people. Shine your face upon them. Provide for their needs. Bless this online audience, oh God. And bless others gathered here. And may we experience, even now, even now in 2020, may we experience the greatest help the greatest fruitfulness, the greatest miracle that we ever have. In the name of Jesus, we ask it.